It's Bassmaster Classic Week, Lake Hartwell, episode number 101. Hello, Bass, Bass Fishing Podcast. Have you believe we made it this far? But this week, all things Bassmaster Classic, Lake Hartwell, breaking it down, the tournament, what's going to go down, who's going to win, who's going to play, how it's going to fish, fantasy fishing, all that stuff with Derek Freeman, who's a local angler on Lake Hartwell. Thanks to Neil Paul for hooking us up. This is a good episode. Enjoy it. And if you guys want, you can help out. Hit the like button, subscribe, thumbs up, stars, and whatever podcast platform, leave a review, all that good stuff. Get more people to listen to this podcast. I truly appreciate all you guys. Now enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, we're back. Wednesday night, Hella Bass Live. We're back at it. After a, a rocky February of work travel, hopefully we get on a little consistent run here of back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back here. I've definitely got the next three weeks booked, so we should be good from that standpoint. And uh, I'm excited to uh, to bring you guys some good stuff. And why, you know, better way to get back at it is with the, the Bassmaster Classic, right? And... Uh, that's why we have Derek here tonight. But uh, before we get into that, let's check to see who's in here. If you guys, I guess, Derek, say hi. Make What's sure up, guys? Hear you. Uh, let us know in the chat, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, if you can hear uh, my Derek and myself and how's the video connection. Should be pretty good. Let's see. But uh, looks like we got Sycamore in here. Darius said he, le- he left Epic Eric. And uh, the 603 guys come watch us. So that's a win. Doug's here. What's up, Doug? Uh, people are rolling in. But uh, I'm glad to be back. Sycamore says the audio is great. So we got the okay. Carl says we're good. Awesome. Good, good, good. Um, so we're talking Bassmaster Classic tonight. We're talking Lake Hartwell. We're going to get into all that stuff. And uh, I'm bringing Derek on. You may not know who Derek I barely know who Derek is, but we're going to learn a lot more about Derek. But here's the thing i reached out to neil paul who's like the face of lake hartwell and the community and he's like a big big advocate for bass fishing tournament fishing and all things uh lake hartwell and was it anderson county yep correct Um, and so i was like i slid into his twitter dms and i was like i want to have somebody on from your area that's a local angler good bass angler you know and can can break down hartwell to the like nitty-gritty for the classic and he's like I got a guy. Derek's your guy. So that's why we got Derek. What's up, Derek? What's up, man? How are you doing all right? Yeah, good. And so so why did why did uh why did Neil tell me to call you? Give us a little something about you. Who are yeah, you? What's 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 Derek all about? That's a that's a great question. No, but uh no, I so I started fishing Hartwell, uh fishing in general probably like 10, 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. so somewhat relatively new, but I, I got started when the high school fishing was just taking off. So as soon as I got into that, um, won my first national championship uh, my senior year in high school. Uh, then since then, I, I went to fish at Clemson University. 
uh, that's probably been been one of the best things I've ever done, man. I mean, it's right here in the backyard of Lake Hartwell. So whenever you're done at class at two or three o'clock, whatever it is, it's nothing just to slide out to the lake and go fish for three to four hours or whatever, however long you want to stay out there. Um, so I had some success in college, um, started fishing the opens my first year out. Um, didn't quite go as planned as I wanted to my first year. And that was a year of COVID and all that. So, um, so that, that was a very good learning experience though. Um, uh, so then I came, I started working and this year I've started fishing the opens again, uh, the Southern opens, I'm um, doing BFLs and a bunch of other local stuff around here. But, uh, like I said, I was telling you before we got on, uh, there's about, I had like almost a thousand hours on my last motor and I would say 700 of those are probably on Lake Hartwell. So I pretty much live on Harwell. I really don't go anywhere else for the most part. So it really is. Awesome. Cool. So you, I think you said, did you tell me earlier you won a high school national championship? Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was in on Lake Pickwick in 2015, uh, middle of July. So nice. that was, that was, that was really hot. You can imagine all, that's probably all, a all very, very off, long week. Offshore largey stuff or? Yeah. All offshore. All 10 XDs, hair jigs, the 10 inch worms, even, even if you want a drop shot, but just your typical TVA. Ledge kind of fishing stuff. like down by the, the Natchez Bridge or down by uh, uh, pretty, much or? pretty much everything was past the Natchez Bridge, um, okay. right there at the mouth of Bear Creek. Sure, um, then right there, I believe it's called State Line Island. I want to believe right there sure. where it turns into Tennessee as well. But pretty okay. much from that island to Bear Creek is where we stay for the most part. Did you guys take out of uh Florence? We did, yeah. Okay, so you were, you made a haul. You made a run. Oh, yeah, and that's back when we were rocking with a 18-and-a-half-foot boat with a 150. So that was a, about an hour, hour-and-a-half long run. So, But it was worth it. It worked out great. Yeah. What's up, Daniel? Good to see lots of familiar places in here. Good to see everybody. Yeah, I actually fished the – was it two years ago? I fished the Bass Nation National in November on Pickwick, and I was oh, nice. I was impressed with that lake. It was it was a cool lake. Oh, it's a, it's um, a great really lake. enjoyed fishing it. And you can go catch 25 pounds of smallmouth along or 25 pounds of largemouth, either one. So it's pretty crazy. Absolutely. Nice. So, but Hartwell's your home lake. Mm-hmm. How often, so how many days a year do you think you would you say you spend out on Hartwell? So we'll give like two different measurements. While I was in school working at the bait shop where they kind of let you have a lot of freedom to go fish. Um, I was fishing at least three to four days a week, like nice. full days, not, not like three or four hour days, like eight to 12 hour days, three to four days a week. But since then, I've transitioned to a real-world job uh, selling forklift parts. And Definitely. so now I, I try and at least get out there. It's still once a week. I really try for twice a week. But you know how that goes. There's things come up and all that. So I, I would still sell on Harwell at least once a week, but in the past up to four times a week. So right. a lot. So uh, so you're pretty plugged in, I'm sure. You, and you got buddies out there. You're talking fishing and all that kind of stuff. For sure. So how do you like to, like, what's your, what's your go-to on Hartwell? What do you, I mean, what's your specialty? Are you like a spot guy? Are you a largemouth? Do you like to go up the rivers? Do you, what, what would you uh, say? Guess, how do you like to attack it? I guess my, my true, my, my favorite way to do it is I'm, I'm really a deep fisherman. So I, I like using the electronics, especially live scope since it's come out here. Live scope on any like Heron Lake or Spotted Bass Lake seems to be phenomenal because our fish really tend to suspend a lot. So I, I love getting out there chasing spots and, and the, Certain years, even the largemouth get out there. Like last year in the summertime, you can catch a five-pound largemouth right next to a three-pound spot. So, I mean, really the deep is what I what I really, truly enjoy, uh, mm-hmm. mainly in the summertime. Like I said, I know the class is not in the summertime, but I'm, if, if people who don't know, 
the summertime on Harwell is unreal because I mean it's all top waters and thirty foot of water, right. Jason Heron. I mean it's it's nuts. But like this time of year, in the spring, like the week of the classic, I would lean more towards that shallow bite. I mean that's just where nine times out of ten your bigger fish are going to be caught shallow. Uh, I mean we have big spots, but we don't really have like those five to four or five six pound spots. That's kind of a rare thing on Harwell. There's a lot of like two to three pound spots. So like on like you can catch a, a pretty good limit out deep this time of year, but for to catch like that 17 to 20, 22 pound bag, that's for sure going to come in like six feet or less, in my opinion. Nice. Now that's where we do that. Welcome, Chris, new channel member. Awesome. Appreciate that. Welcome to Team Hella Buddy. Appreciate it. Um, but like if it was like a month ago and it was colder, then that that deep bite. Could probably play like when Elton Jones or Cassie for Cassie sure. actually won it, right? So for like sure. it's just we're getting that warmer, and it would it's more about water temp right now, right? Like I mean, exactly. if, if it was forty degrees, right, low forties, we'd still be talking about people fishing probably more offshore, and it'd be like exactly. a toss up whether it's going to be. Um, so what, what kind of water temps? What, what was the last day you were out on Hartwell? Yeah, so so I was out there. Uh, I believe it was this past Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, one of the two days. And I mean, I saw anything from fifty three all the way up to fifty seven to fifty eight. So I mean, that's that, that's getting up there to that perfect prime time. That's so, like I mean, juice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's been great, and and the weather hasn't really gotten colder. I mean, we've had a, like some cool nights, but not enough to really affect it that much, especially when it's getting almost eighty degrees during the day. So I think tomorrow it actually is supposed to get up to 80 and then Saturday or Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it's supposed to be like low to mid seventies. So, I mean, the water temp's only going to keep rising. So that's why I say maybe first thing in the morning, uh, uh, you may pull into a ditch or something like that and catch a quick limit, kind of like how Jordan Lee did last time. We had that little blow, blow right. through. You just go catch 10, 12 pounds. Cause I think we all can agree. If you have a limit in the boat, you just fish so much better. It doesn't really matter if it's eight pounds or 12 pounds. You just, at least for me, you just tend to slow down and make better decisions. Um, but but I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I, like if it was if it was a month ago and it's forty degrees, then I would say a majority of the field would be catching them out deep. Sure, there'll be a, a few shallow fish, but when that water hits that fifty-five degree mark, they they seem to want to take off up to the bank pretty quick. So yeah, and, so and, it, and it seems to be pretty consistent as well. Where where did you see like how far up the lake were you where you saw fifty-eight? I I went way up Twelve Mile River, so like to the point where. It was like just just almost rolling red mud. So it started to cool off a little bit when it was like moving, but I, halfway up twelve mile, it was it was in that fifty six, fifty seven. And just from hearing talk down at the tackle store I used to work at, um, that's kind of what I was hearing. And, and a lot of guys are seeing anything from like the fifty four to the fifty seven, and that was before before they went out today. So I'm I'm sure somewhere there's some sixty degree water out there to be found, and there definitely will be by Saturday or Sunday. I'm, I'm very confident in that. Yeah. Cool. And for you guys watching on Instagram, the main party is on YouTube, but we thought we'd try to dual stream so you can follow along with me. But if you want to see Derek, then you're going to have to hop on over to the YouTubes. But uh, yeah, good crowd. A lot of people coming on. Uh, good to see everybody back after uh, some off and on. We're going to get back to this. Uh, I guess before we get too far, I want to make sure we thank Arsenal Fishing for supporting the stream and the channel. Uh, without them, it's not as good a product and we can't do as many cool things. So uh Make sure you guys check them out. Check out their uh, their apparel, their tools, the wacky tool. If you guys wacky fish, getting these things in the sleeves is the is the deal. Uh, there's a code down below. Actually, I need to fix the code on for Omnia on the screen. I'll do that while Derek's talking. 
Um, but uh, so did, you were out on Saturday. That was one of the practice days. Did you see mm-hmm. a lot of pro? How much did you see a lot or not? Because I remember Jared Miller was talking to Pangrack, and he's like, I drove from the bottom to the top, and he's like, I only saw five boats all day. The place is so massive, 50 yeah. boats just disappears. What, what was your uh, – what did you see? Yeah, so I, I went out a little bit Friday, and I saw a few guys kind of out in the main lake kind of thing. Um, like when I say a few, like maybe one or two. But when I went up the Seneca River, um, I, I seen Hank Cherry and a few of these other guys up there, uh, but really not a lot. But I think Neil Paul made a post this morning that kind of sums up what you were just saying. It's like 56,000 acres. I mean, and, and that's a big lake, right, when you hear that. But there's also lakes that are 70,000, so they're just bigger. But the crazy part about Hartwell is that there's, I, I believe it's a little over 900-something miles of shoreline. So it has more shoreline than California has coastline. So you can really, really spread out. It's just there's a lot of long winding creeks. There's a lot of coves, a lot of creek arms. I mean, you, like like right. you said, you can spread out so much. And even like I, I believe it's a video I watched of Elvin Evers talking about Harbor not too long ago. He was saying it's it's one of the few lakes where you can truly do anything you really want. So I mean, if you want to go run up a river, if you're a shallow guy, then you have like three different choices you can pick from. If you like fishing out deep on electronics, you can do that. And there's all kind of room down there by the dam. Um, so it's, it's a really good lake and spreading out. So I really don't know that there'll be very many guys fishing around each other, maybe a few guys in the same Creek or something like that. But out of all the guys I saw, uh, maybe I saw maybe five in two days and none of them were around another boat. Hmm. Very cool. <sighs> so are you done at Clemson or are you still at Clemson? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done? Done. I graduated. Graduated in 2019. Um, I didn't realize I'd miss it so much. <laughs> the college fishing thing. If there's anybody out there that's in the high school or college thing, the college fishing thing is awesome, man. And, and it's only getting better and better. I mean, there's just so many schools that are supporting it, um, giving the anglers money. I mean, I think there's some that are even like have like team boats. So right. if you only have a boat, then they're supplying boats for these guys now. paying, And even some of them supply trucks as well. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's it's really, really good, man. If I really don't know what I'd be doing if it wasn't for the high school and college fishing because there's just so many avenues for it. I mean, and, and if you want to go pro with it, I mean, that's that's really a, a great way to try and fast track that process. I mean, I don't. We could probably count on. I don't know. There's probably almost a dozen elite guys that were fishing in the college series. I think three or four rookies this year fishing the college series. Remember, I was doing it. So I mean, that there alone speaks that it, it's a great avenue to to get to the top of the level or top level of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got, I mean, like just, I mean, like Brandon Card was a college guy. Yeah. Uh, Jake Whitaker. Jake Whitaker. Really? You got the Lee brothers on the BPT. You yep. got, uh, you could almost say Brandon Cobb. He kind of like started the Clemson batch. Okay. He's one of yeah. the original guys there. Um, like Jonathan Kelly, I believe, is one that Jacob Fouts. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple other guys that just yep. fine, but the, uh, I think Cody Huff, that's another one. Yep. KJ McLean. I mean, there's there's yep. there's just a huge list of the college guys that that make it. I mean, I think I think that's really cool. And even in the opens, I was telling my buddies, I'm like, there's a ton of college guys and even current college students fishing the opens. So I mean, I just think it shows that it's a great avenue, man. And especially when the schools support it, you just really can't ask for much more than that. Very cool. Um so I mean do we? Do you kind of see it as like it's a huge lake? You can get away. Do you think it's going to be a spot deal or more of like a pattern thing for somebody that wins? Um, as a local, like personally, I see it as a spot deal. 
So when I first started fishing hardwall, I tried to run like a pattern and you can run some patterns certain times a year, but it seems like there's always those like certain areas or like certain creeks or certain little stretches of bank that always seem to like hold the fish for whatever reason. So, I mean, I think it could be a pattern that leads to like a few spots here and there that you could like kind of go off of. Um, so, but I, 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 like I said, I think it's mainly just finding that one, one, it doesn't just have to be like one spot on the bank, but just maybe one creek that's just got a load of fish in them. Sure. So it's a matter of like finding the right area of the lake with the right one or two creeks that got exactly better than average fish stacked up. Exactly. And, and, and finding the bait is probably the biggest thing on this lake. As everybody knows, Hartwell's a heron lake. Um, it's not the only bait that's in Hartwell, but it's by far the most predominant bait. And and the, the heron will be more related to those offshore fish, whereas the fish are going to be shallow. It's going to be more your brim eaters or even we even have a few big gizzard chat. But nobody really talks much about the gizzard chat just because they're not very prevalent. But, I mean, there's some in here that are that big. I mean, big ones in here. So, I mean, that's where a lot of those big larger out the shallow feed on so and you find that a lot more in the creeks and dirtier water was i say the fish up the river is that still herring or is the herring more of a main lake thing that's me more in the main lake so herring the way they're like biologically made they're they can't like breathe in dirty water it just gets caught up in their gills however that filtration system works so they like physically can't live in dirty water so i mean they can live in some stain water i'm sure they can live in dirty water but they're not going to be there for an extended period of time so that's pretty much if you got visibility two feet or more, there's probably some heron around, but that's mainly like a main lake kind of thing. As soon as you go into the rivers, or like I said, there's gonna be some, but not not as much as there would be on the main lake for sure. Cool. So if you're if you're fishing the classic, like let's say you uh you would have won an open last year. <laughs> Isn't sweet. It didn't happen, but if you were, how would you attack it? Would you would you start on a, a drain or a, a gut? and try to catch a decent bag would you go straight like what what would be your strategy obviously you would have practiced but like mm-hmm. you just like magic switch you're going out saturday morning how would you attack hartwell if you're fishing for three hundred thousand dollars yeah so so like i said I, I, the deep fishing is like my confidence thing um and so I, I would still check first thing deep i got a few baits i'll show you so like a sure. big football head jig like three-quarter football head jig um, you're touching like drains, so any kind of drains or ditches um, where, where you find bait, like you're not necessarily going to see fish all the time, but if you can find a drain or ditch with the bait, I would at least stop there and see what that's like. And then also something else that's big on Harwell as well is roadbeds. Right. Um, so, I mean, I have a few roadbeds that I really, really love, and you can throw the that big three-quarter football jig over the roadbeds. And like I said, nine times out of ten, your limit may only be 12 pounds, but – I can't say how many times I've called a 12 pound limit in like 30 minutes pulling up on one deep spot. Right. So, I mean, and if you if you've only been on a jig, then everybody knows the Casey Ashley. I don't know if you can see that well or not, but the Casey Ashley style underspin kind of bait. Sure. Um, everybody knows that deal. So, if you can just rotate between that and a jig, that's pretty much what I stick with for out deep. Um, then, usually, I give myself that time frame around like that nine or 10 o'clock when the sun just starts getting above the trees. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I would start running back to that dirtier water, just finding all this, like any kind of secondary point um, where any, any kind of place where the shallow is the last shallow spot going into a pocket, um, anything like that, uh, even shallow docks in the back of creeks. And whenever you go do that, um, everybody knows about the crawfish style jackhammers, uh, sure. just a little custom skirt put on there. Um, that's good on like the, on the, in the back of those pockets, uh, lay downs, um, down the sides of those shallow docks. Um, I usually have uh, like a crawfish style color on like this one. 
or also like a solid wide or chartreuse and wide. Usually one of these just because, like I said, depending on where you're at, they're going to focus more on the bait versus crawfish or brim or anything of those nature. Uh, and then like one other thing that I like to do a lot that doesn't, I don't think it's talked about a lot on Harwell, um, but everybody knows them as bridges. Um, sure. So a lot of the bridges like way up the creeks because we have like a couple main like bridges, like the one right out in front of Green Pine. But I mean, it's like 100 foot deep right on the edges of it. So, mm-hmm. but if you run up the creek, everybody knows about a DT6 and the crawfish color. That's no secret. And then uh, Rapala Brat. I mean, those two there, it's honestly the only crankbaits I really throw. And that color right there on Harwell in the spring. And it's called like dark brown crawl, something like that. I'm not sure. Um, I probably have two dozen that's really the only color i throw this time of year but any of those bridge corners um you can get on google earth and go find rock piles on the bank i mean any the rock seems to be a huge factor this time of year especially if you're cranking if you can crank and get around some rock generally you're going to get bit um then, then well, there is riprap right on the, yes, the, the yeah. original right so so yeah. there is a chance that hank cherry will be able to find some riprap again yes. this year yeah and, <laughs> and last time uh when I was doing the camera boat for the elite series, Hank Terry was actually was following him for a little bit to the camera mm-hmm. boat. And that's what he was doing. He was fishing bridges with his jerk bait. So uh, I'm sure he will be no stranger to finding a bridge. Uh, him. Yeah, I think, I mean, and it's a good way to catch the limit on certain ones. You can also catch some big ones uh, as well. And then also one other thing I'll, I'll touch on a little bit. It's kind of, so let's say you got those, got the five fish, uh, got 13, 14 pounds, something like that. And you just need one big bite. Um, that's when like one of these big spinner baits. I mean, that's a one ounce spinner bait right there. Um, generally throw this like in the clear water with the two double willow blades. Uh, Christy Chris, special there. That's right. That's right. And then I have one of those on for clear water, uh, dirty water, same thing, half ounce to one ounce spinner bait, depending on the depth, uh, with like a single Colorado blade or a double Colorado blade. Um, and, and that you'd like to say, I don't really tend to get a lot of bites on it, but you, when you do catch one, they seem to be. A, a lot bigger ones. Nice. So rolling rolling that thing down the side of the dock is a lot of fun. Very cool. Well, Sean lies here. We can officially start the party now of the live stream. He's like the uh, the official uh, YouTube live yeah. stream connoisseur. So Man, there you go. <clears throat> What's up? Good to see a bunch of familiar faces pouring in here. Say hi to a few guys. Will says he lives an hour and a half south of there, but never fished there. It's a good lake. I've actually I only fished it once. Uh, oh man, it was 10, 12, I don't know, at least 10 years ago. I fished a weekend series national championship on Clark's Hill. Oh, nice. And uh, there was an off limits period. And we got down there like a half a day early. So my buddy and I dropped the boat in on Hartwell, just just driving by. Like we had like four hours to fish, just kill it. Nick. We just dumped it in and caught a few fish. And um it's probably where i caught my biggest spot ever on a dock but uh, that was in like october go. so it was probably kind of a stingy tough kind of year to be fishing yeah. fish. cool lake massive didn't even see we probably saw like half a percent of it in that oh, time yeah. um, but uh will you're going up to the expo if you're an hour and a half away i don't know how you couldn't drive to the, the expo this weekend does will fish lanier if he's an hour south of uh yeah. harwell I'm not sure. It's a good question. Well, let us know what, what, what if you if you don't fish Hartwell, what do you what do you got to drive by that you don't fish Hartwell? I would not be driving by Lanier. <laughs> Mark, I would, I would have to stop there. Mark, our, I think he's leading our MLF fantasy fishing group, if I remember correctly. Right, there you go. 
I think living in Missouri, the outdoors, he, he, I think he said in comments that uh, he makes an annual trip to uh, the classics. That's kind of like their, their vacation every year. Oh, nice. Well, that's cool. So, hmm, kind of talked about baits. I talked about water temps. So, I heard Rampy on the Bass Insider, and he thinks there will be a few fish starting to spawn before this weekend's over. What do you think? Uh, I, I I could definitely see that happen, especially I, I think I think as one is right with those big females. I think they you spawn first just about anywhere. So I, I don't doubt that at all. I think you could run up the Tougaloo, run up the Seneca. Uh, I think if you can find some of that little bit of stained water is going to warm up a little bit quicker. I, I have no doubt that you could see. Like, I, I don't think it would be a sight fishing tournament, but will a guy catch one, two, three, or four throughout the week? Maybe. I definitely now, don't doubt that. When you were up there, when you said you found that 58-degree water, was that mm-hmm. water clean enough you'd see them? Or you probably, um, I mean, they might be getting ready to bed, but you're probably not going to see them, right? Yeah, if if you did, it'd be it'd be very tough. I mean, as you'd be looking for like the black spot of the fish's tail or something like that, not necessarily the fish in general. But maybe once you get into some of those creeks and you're in two foot of water, not six foot of water, it may have seemed right. a little bit better. But uh, but I'm sure you could see a few of them. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you know we're going to see anybody uh, posting up on a, a you know by the weekend, Saturday afternoon, Sunday. You know, I, you know, if somebody got one fish a day, that would be a lot. I feel like. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I, I I think it's one of those where it could be just a little bit short, but kind of like how what Jordan Lee did in 2018. How some reason whenever we hit that like 55 to 60 degree, those docks tend to play a huge factor. It, I think it's more of the heat and the shade. More than it is brush or anything like that. But once it starts warming up, those last few docks and the back of those pockets, I mean, skipping them with a Nico rig or a Senko or any anything like that, like Jordan Lee was doing, that that's also a very good way to catch a lot of big fish. And, and the cool thing about doing that is you can do it in visibility, water that has visibility of two feet or one foot, all the way to water that has visibility of six to eight feet. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be a big largemouth. Right. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a super versatile way to catch a big bag of summer year. And that, that warmer weather should help that bite. And especially the sun being out should really help that dock bite. Yeah. And I think the underrated thing is that we're going to have that hot day tomorrow, which yeah. is the media day, which would be the day that's going to probably throw them in a funk. Like tomorrow is probably going to be bad. Like yeah. the fishing probably not good tomorrow, but then they're going to have like, it's going to dip a little bit, but not get cold. Yeah. And I think it's going to put them on fire to be honest. Oh, for sure. No, I agree. hundred percent. So, uh, yeah, and then I guess you know we talked about is there going to be any top water? Um, you know, me and Buddy were talking about that because we were, we were talking about the last time the classic was here, and I I, I think there could be because I, I know a lot of guys around here that once that water temp hits that fifty five degree mark, they start throwing that buzz bait. Uh, kind of goes back to what I was talking about. I don't think you're gonna get a lot of bites on it, but it's definitely a way to catch a, a bigger one or two. And everybody knows when they start spawning, pre spawn, warming up, you can throw that buzz bait and try and get that one big female bite. Um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I believe Jacob Wheeler actually in the last 2018 classic, I believe that's what he started doing on the last day. And I want to say that's how he caught his limit, if not a, a lot of his limit. What's yeah. up, Trevor? I, I could definitely see that a buzz bait would be. I mean, if they could be caught. I mean, I mean a frog maybe even like if they get yeah. them warm pockets. So I, I heard that like is they say that there's not what is it called the uh, what's that break grass? Oh, dog fennel dog fennel it's not yeah. been growing lately because they haven't dropped it at all yeah true yeah so in 2018 uh, 2017 they dropped the lake 
I don't know how much it, it, it was in the teens. I mean, they dropped it a bunch. Um, and so that's when all that dog fennel grew up. But in the past, since 2018, I think the lowest the lake's been has been like four or five feet. And that was only for just a couple months. I mean, generally the past two years, the lake's been full pool or over full pool. So this fall, when it dropped like four feet below is most, I mean, that's the most I've seen it low in probably two years. So there's practically zero dog fennel. You may be able to go into one or two pockets here and there that have it, but mm-hmm. you, like pretty much last time I was here, pretty much all the guys who were fishing shallow, you could see in the background, there was dog fennel. Mm-hmm. So right. that's going to change up a lot. I think it's going to turn into more of like a structure kind of thing, like the last little ledge into the pocket or the last like creek channel, or it's going to be a, like a, like a cover kind of thing, like a, like a log or a dock sure. or something like that. The dog fennel shouldn't play a factor at all. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. Well, it'd be interesting to see if somebody. It would be awesome to see if somebody could make the big spots play. And, oh, sure. And make a run for it, but it does kind of feel like it's going to be a largemouth dominated event. This particular, yeah. the timing of it. Um, I agree, and, and and you can catch. I mean, like you, there's I have no doubt you can catch 16, 17 pounds of spots for sure. It's just. Like you said, or this time of year, it's just kind of a, a large mouth deal. So yeah. I'm, I'm sure somebody will find it like how Takahiro did that one year. He found that one little spot out offshore like that. Um, I, I'm sure that'll happen, but whether it'll win, it's, it's tough to beat this four and five pound large mouth. Yeah. I think if you could figure out a way to catch 13 to 15 pounds of spots in a reasonably quick time and then get to spend six hours burning a buzz bait or a spinner bait or a chatter bait and get one or two more bites to push yourself that's, in that 20 pound. That could be a, that's to me. That's if, if I was fishing, that would be my strategy. I'd, I'd fish deep for the first two to three hours and hoping to get a quick 13 pound limit. Then after that, I'd be going to the bank for sure. Cause you're not gonna get as that's many sure. bites on the bank unless you just have one of those days. Uh, that's just meant to be. Uh, but now nah, what, what you said is definitely the game plan I'd start with. Nice. Very cool. Well, we've, we finally cracked a hundred tonight. So that's awesome. Yeah, there we go. Thanks for everybody. Um, I guess we can we can back it up just a tick here. Uh, Hartwell is on the border of South Carolina and Georgia, right? Correct. Right? Yeah. Yep. Correct. It's uh, in between Greenville and Atlanta. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, that's where it is. So down in the south. Um, no snow down here. No snow, South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, there was a question back here. Um, what are your thoughts? Is Are the cane piles going to play at all? And if so, how are they going to play? Uh, so I, I see Trevor Topkin ask that question. I know Trevor. We've been fishing the college stuff together. Uh, but, no, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think it will, personally. I mean, uh, maybe if you find a cane pile up the river or something like that. But that, that's really a summertime kind of thing. So re- generally, once that water temp starts warming up into that 70, 80-degree range and even hotter, uh, that's kind of when the cane comes in. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there's You can go catch fish off cane this time of year. I'm, I'm sure you can. You can probably catch a limit doing it, but it's probably going to be a limit that goes eight or ten pounds nine times out of ten. Now, sure. if somebody goes offshore and they fish uh, what we call a brush pile, so that's something that, – there's a difference between a brush pile and a cane pile whenever we're on Harwell. So a cane pile is, for those of you that don't know, is bamboo. Uh, it's just tall, green, leafy stuff there's not really it doesn't really have a lot of mass to it it's mainly just there to create shade um that's that's really it and and it's just tough to really fish it 
like because it, I mean, it's a vertical structure. So I mean, you can't really drag anything through it because you get one little pull and then you're out of it. Right. So it's not really something that I mean you could. That's more of a drop shot kind of thing. Uh, but now if you get out there and you're in a ditch or if you're on a point, a long point that drops off into a creek channel or something like that, and somebody drops a brush pile, that's what we call like a hardwood, like an oak or something along those lines. And then that that could play a factor. I don't know why the fish relate to hardwood better than cane this time of year. I don't know if it has to do with them actually being able to suck in to the cover, like around the hardwood and feel safe and protected. Because like I said, the cane, they don't really use it for protection. It's all for shade and ambushing the heron. Um, so this week, I, I, I don't, I don't see cane playing a factor at all. Yeah, I think. I mean, it seems like the cane plays more summer, right? Yeah, uh, like the bait gets really high in the water column, and they let the, when those schools really start to roam, then they just sit them and wait for that school to come over them, and they exactly. blow up out of the cane piles, right? Exactly. Yeah, like when the open comes here, and I think in September, October, that that'll be a lot different story. I mean, that that'll be one of those where most most of your guys are going to be fishing cane instead of fishing shallow but uh and it but but like i said you can catch fish off of it probably just won't win fishing cane this time of year awesome thanks ryan the more the merrier matt uh he's he, he come, he's, he's gonna be honest he was just trying to get you to give some juice up on cane <laughs> um let's see here um does anybody know if anything's being? I haven't heard much about. I have not any, either. I'm sure there's going to be some baits and things like things like that. Um, we we always wonder if Power Pole is going to finally release their trolling motor at one of these events that they keep talking about. Um, are I you going? To the, are you going to go to the expo? I am. Yeah. So I'm doing the camera boat um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So as soon as I drop the cameraman off, I'm going to drop the boat off, and I'm going to go to the expo on Friday. I uh, probably won't have time to go to the weigh-in Friday, so we're just going to kind of hang out at the expo Friday uh, afternoon, then we'll probably so go to the weigh-in. When it thins out and people go to the, the, the weigh-in, you're going to kind of get your expo time done. That's right. I'm going to take a big old wad of cash because they, they, they always have good stuff to buy up there. And, and like uh, Tom has commented, they, they, somebody usually has a bunch of new stuff out there. So I mean, it's a good, good, good place to see a lot of new stuff and to get, in, you'll, I'll get a lot of new stuff as well. Nice. Yeah, that'll be cool to see. Um, so you, you got your, your new boat you're taking out as a camera boat or right. Yeah. We are, me and my dad are actually in the shop trying to get all the electronics and wiring and power poles and all you that. You got him working right now while you're talking or is he? Yeah. I, I think he's, he yeah. He's, I don't know if you could hear that, but he said, yes, he does in the background. Are you able to turn it so we can see the boat at all? Um, maybe I got you on my laptop. All right. So, so this is your new 721, right? Yeah. New 721. You probably can't really, like I said, it's kind of tough. It's backwards. Yeah. There you go. I but, like it. It's kind yeah. of that, that nice gunmetal, clean looking. I like it. Yeah. We got a, maybe I can show you down there. It's it's like, it's galaxy mist, silver, and maroon. Nice. So, but we just got it and we got four hours on the motor. So, uh, we just, we just got it broke in the other day, but there you I'm go. Excited. It's my second Phoenix and Mercury. And, uh, I, I, I couldn't be happier with that combo, man. It's, it's a, Great combo. And for any of the guys that are, uh, if you are coming to the Classic, uh, if you want to go check out uh, Palmetto Boat Center, they're down here in between Anderson and Greenville. You got to drive right by them uh, from Anderson to Greenville. Um, they're a local Phoenix dealer. Uh, great people in there, man. They help me out a lot getting the boat here in time, uh, getting it quick. Uh, and they actually have a, a little bit of inventory. I know it's kind of hard to come by right now. But like I said, if you're on the area and you want to check out some Phoenixes, they got some at the Classic Expo. Um, those are Palmetto boats. 
and uh, they'll have some at their dealership as well. So check them out if you can. So we can. Yeah, cool. That is right. I think I did see a press release, something about Daiwa's doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris says maybe some Berkeley stuff. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. What's up, Simon? Thank you, David, for checking in. Welcome back anytime. We usually do this just about every Wednesday night. If we don't do it on Wednesday, it's usually a Thursday. Um, new general colors. Well, who doesn't need more colors than general? Catch a lot of fish. <laughs> Palmetto boats should beat Palmetto bugs. <laughs> Not wrong there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so, do you think the winning weight over under 54? Mm, that was like that was my number right on the dot actually. Um, some somebody made a post on Facebook asking what their weight's going to be. And I seen a lot of guys in the forties. I think it's going to take 50, anywhere from 53, 54, all the way up to fifty seven. I don't I don't think there's going to be a sixty pound bag. If I do, I'll be very surprised. But I would not be shocked to see a fifty four to fifty seven pound bag. That's that's seventeen to eighteen a day, which is and it's a lot for Harold, but it's it's very doable. I mean, no no doubt at all. I mean, there was I think almost an eight pounder caught last weekend mm-hmm. uh, weekend before that there was a, like a couple sixes. I mean, the, the lake's been fishing very, very well. And that was before all this great weather. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I easily think it'll take 53 to 57 for sure. Unless somebody absolutely freak shows, right? Like, I mean, like they had that team championship, but which is a team thing be in mm-hmm. mind, but right. Didn't they have like 26, 27? I mean, yeah, so like, it was, it was something crazy. It was so like if somebody could pull off a bay like that, then 60 is definitely, oh. um, you know, sure. not that hard, but considering somebody's going to probably the, the day one big bag, I would guess is going to be 21 or 22. I could agree with that. And not then it's going to probably like, they'll probably back it up with 17 and then probably back it up with like 16, right. Or something yeah. like that. And that's how you're going to get to that like low 50 number. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah I think I, I set I, my winning weight at 52 and change for fantasy fishing. So, yeah, no, I think that's good. No, I, it'll definitely be in the fifties for sure. I think. Uh, uh, uh. Who uh who do you have for your fantasy team? Yeah, well, we can talk about that. Just say yeah, yeah. The red yeah. craft. So, there's a, so our this two weeks ago we had tackle craft on. I don't know if you know who that is. TK TK Stanley. He's like a custom mm. painter in Lower Alabama. Oh, nice. And uh, Elton Jones was posting that he won the stage one. No, it was stage. He won stage two BPT, and he was custom painted square bell that he got from Jordan Lee, which the rumor has that Jordan Lee bought it from tackle craft who we had on two weeks ago. So, hmm. um, yeah, I think that yeah, 50 to 55, somewhere in there is where you want to be with your tiebreaker for fancy fishing. So, um, yeah, let's, let's jump over. We'll come back. We'll talk more. I've got some more questions start here, but let's, let's talk a little bit of fancy fishing since we're at about it. Uh, let me share my screen here. So while we're here, I just want to show you Ronnie Moore's score. Because if you guys were watching Fantasy Fishing, uh, it was one of the first two events. He touted that he lives in the dark green for Fantasy Fishing. And as you see, he clearly is not living in the dark green right now. (laughs) So if you're watching Ronnie, you better get back on things because uh, there's a lot of people beating Ronnie Moore in uh, Beat Ronnie Moore. So. Just a little shade, and then we'll move on to <laughs> my team here. Um, there's a bunch of articles here on Fancy Fishing. You can read my article and a few other people's. Um, but let's get in and look at the roster. 
but we'll get uh so derek says he's too busy to play fancy fishing so hopefully <laughs> we change that after today but uh there's my picks 52 2 so these are my guys uh so i don't know if you can kind of see that but yeah. uh is there anybody in here that jumps out at you uh i feel like hamner he's a, a north alabama kind of i feel like you know hartwell's gonna fit uh because he kind of fishes that oh for region. sure and i think he's gonna be able to be comfortable fishing both spots and largemouth i think nania could be a sneaky pick as well a guy that won the open on pickwick mm-hmm. um so there you go. There's a connection, right? Derek won a national championship on Pickwick. Nania won an open on Pickwick. Hey, there we go. Translates. Um, <laughs> it's not, not not a coincidence there. What's up, TK? We were just talking about you. Um, but, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think Fred, what do you know about KJ Queen? Is he a big Hartwell guy or not a big Hartwell guy? I don't I don't want to speak for him. I, I don't know, but I know he, he does not live far from here. So I'm, I'm sure he's not a stranger to Hartwell. I don't know if he would consider that his home lake. Um, like I said, I don't want to speak for him. Uh, I can't say I've ever fished a tournament against him on Hartwell. Um, but the one I was going to bring up is I believe it's Mark Frazier. From, yeah. is, that, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And his, his brother it, almost won an FLW tournament, Micah Frazier. Exactly. I, I think Mark Frazier could be a dark horse for the whole entire classic, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I can see that. Um, now they can't talk. Once it was announced, they can't talk about it. Actually, mm-hmm. no, because he didn't. I wonder how that works. Like if they both were qualified, they'd be able to talk about it. But when Hartwell is announced, if they're both elite anglers, I wonder if they could have talked about it legally, not knowing if either one had qualified yet. I don't know. That's that'd like be a, a strange loophole. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like a very big gray area. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That, that that'd be interesting, but. I'm sure either way, he's got a lot of knowledge. And uh, if I can see the percentages right, it looks like a lot of people feel the feel that way too. It looks like, what is that, 20, 22%? Uh, for, yeah, 100%. Uh, Frazier's at 22%. So he's yeah. Queen, Rivette, Frazier. So the top, I mean, the top four, those guys are all Elite Series anglers. So clearly yeah. they're going to gain a little bit more uh, uh, attention. So McCormick is your college champ, I believe. Yeah. He's I forget where, where where did they win? I forget. I don't. I don't not remember where they win. Where that championship honestly. was. Um, Powell is a open winner. I forget which. No, he's the team champ. That was yeah. Ufala. He won Ufala. He's the team champ. Yeah. I guess he's just a stud down on Ufala. Yeah, he's he's Jared he's, Miller, Bass Nation. He finished third down at the Washtenaw River that tournament I fished. Nice. Uh, Tuma, I know him. I fished with them. He he's fished as a co out of my boat in a weekend series tournament back in the wow. day. Um, but he won the op- the very first open last year on Harris. Gotcha. And then uh, Taylor Smith, always a nation, also a nation guy. He was second at Watchtower River, but he actually his first Bass Nation Championship, he took second or third at Hartwell in November. Oh, maybe wow. the, the time that Sumrall won, mm-hmm. or no, the time that Hollins won, Cody Hollins won. He was in that one, which I, I don't know how much November Hartwell translates to March Hartwell. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure it would it would translate. Maybe maybe just the scenery would translate, but right. the fishing definitely would. You know be. where the boat ramp is. Uh... <laughs> That's right. In order to get gas and where to put the boat in the water. All right. So bucket D, there's some really good options here. I w- this is one of my buckets. I want a little bit dark horse. There's there's some yeah. like Brian New. Uh, I mean, he's flat out good. He's probably no stranger. I'm sure he's been here 
I've heard I've read that he used to hate Hartwell, but mm-hmm. now he's learned to warm up to it. I'm sure he got a lot of experience as a co on the FLW days fishing yeah. here. Um, so I expect him to have a good tournament. Uh, Mullins having a great year. I think crankbaits will play this week. So yeah. I think he'll be able to find a good crank bite. You know, that That's shallow awesome. mid-range crank probably will play pretty hard. Like you held up those DT6s and things like that. Mullins is a, a big DT6 guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Card should be fine. Uh, you know, he's, he's in North Carolina now, but he's originally from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robertson, I mean. He could be a dark horse. In he, this he likes to show up for big events. Uh, you know, yeah. he'll probably throw a, I could see him doing really well throwing a, like a Kytec type swim bait. That type oh, of thing, yeah. or even the big swim baits. We didn't talk about that, but there's a, a feeling that mag draft glide bait type stuff could play. I don't think anybody's gonna like walk the tournament with it, but if conditions get right, there could be some fireworks on swim baits this week. Oh, for sure, especially especially the mag draft. Something about the mag draft in the springtime just just seems to work, especially rolling it down the side of a dock or in the down the middle of a drain, a shallow drain or something like that. I'm I'm sure if the if the conditions are right, somebody's gonna pick it up. Yeah, cool. Yeah, as you can see, just where you're wondering, I am in the dark green in case Ronnie's watching. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, and then, uh, so Maddie, uh, Nick LeBron, he won the Grand Lake Open. He's actually fished a lot on the FLW tour. He's a pretty experienced guy. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't be too scared. If you're looking for an open, I think I put him on my Drain the Lake team. We'll talk about that. Maddie Wong, he's our nation, nation champ. He's from the West Coast. No stranger to fishing open water spots, that type of stuff. He could be good. Uh, Straysner, I think, could be a good pick as well. Same reason that I picked Hamner. Straysner's comes from that same area of Alabama. Uh, but I went Palmer because basically I didn't pick Christie in bucket A, and I feel like Palmer is really a poor man's Jason Christie. <laughs> uh, and basically, if you look back at the the Hartwell Spring tournaments, guys that from Oklahoma that do well on Grand seem to do well on Hartwell. Yeah, I, I think at one point, like the top – Three guys in the 2018 Classic was Elam, Evers, and Christie, and they're yeah. all from Oklahoma. I've I've always said that Grand Lakes, like one of the dream lakes, I want to go fish, and I think that's because it's it it, it kind of you can fish it very similar to Hartwell as you would out there at Grand. I think I think there's a lot of carryover from Oklahoma to here for for whatever reason, but you're right that they seem to do really well here in the springtime. Yeah. Um. A- anybody that you who who would be your pick? <clears> hmm. <throat> My my gut says go Brian New, just because sure. just because he's the local. <laughs> yeah, he's he's an easy pick. Um, if I if I'm not going to go, I, I mean I hate to be boring, but I, I like the idea you have with Luke Palmer. I mean he's the he's the lone Oklahoma guy there. Um, I I think what whatever it is about Oklahoma just carries over really well. I'll I'll go with him and and Robertson. I yeah. like Robertson. I think if you want to be safe, I'd say newer Mullins. If you want to live dangerously, go Robertson or Palmer. That's I, I, I'd agree with that. So this one, I was. This one is probably the one I feel the. I went cruise. I, I struggled like bucket C. Nobody was like stood out to me. Like yeah, they're all pretty good anglers. Martin's got a lot of experience there. He's never done great there. There's mm-hmm. no reason he shouldn't. He, he's good at live scope. He's good with largemouth. He's good with, um, you know, he, you know Hartwell was one of the opens he fished in the fall mm-hmm. to make the elites. For sure, um, Buddy Gross. I don't know how he's going to do on non-grass fishery. It feels like most of his best finishes have grass. 
And there's zero of that on Hartwell. Yeah. Uh, Cruz never, he's one of the, the three guys, Hackney, Swindle, and Cruz have fished all the other classics at Hartwell. Really? Um, none of them have done great. Cruz has had like three 20 place finishes. Um, Kennedy scares the bejesus out of me. He could definitely be a star like he was last year on Conroe, or he could be a zero. So yeah. I, I just don't like fish, picking Kennedy and fancy fishing ever. Yeah, he, um, he's, he's definitely a, a hero or zero kind of guy. Yeah, Schmidt, I would stay away from even more so than Gross because of the lack of the grass. Not saying he can't do well, but literally every top 10 that Schmidt's ever had has been on a grass fishery. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people picking Pipkins. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> he, did well in that. he did the well in the 2000 Elite Series, but that was a sight fishing derby. Yeah, that's, um, that's a little different. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'd say in, in this one, if I had to pick, let's see, who would I go with? Um I know we said Steve Kennedy is a hero or zero kind of guy, but I, I, that's kind of how I am with the, with fishing. I, I, I like hero or zero, so I think I'm gonna take a risk and go with uh, Kennedy. And I don't, we didn't talk about, it, but Matt Heron. I, I, I like the Matt Heron kind of kind of style for this. Week. Yeah, I, I think I it's that. that work for him. He should be safe. He's gonna grind it out. He's gonna put some. I mean, yeah, he's gonna get you five. He's gonna get you 13 pounds a day and get you some good points probably. Sure. Right. And he's he's not gonna roll in with you know five squeaker spots the way eight pounds so. <laughs> exactly i mean um, he's, he's one of those where he's gonna go with the limit and if he finds the right little stretch i mean he's a he's a very good shot water fisherman yeah. and he could easily turn 12 pounds into 16 or 17 pounds a couple couple swings of the jig on a couple good docks and he's got 18 pounds right that's, that's right gets me fired up thinking about flipping a jig oh yeah um, <laughs> So Cox is dominating the percentage. He wasn't when I made this pick. <laughs> um, but I like him. I, mean, I guess there was another question that kind of like, well, while we're here that I saw uh, in the chat is uh, how far back can Cox get in this tournament with his boat? Are there like sneaky things he can get into on Hartwell way up the river? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was, I think it's the FOW tournament that he won here. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the year it was, but he was doing something crazy to get where he was. It was like some backwater pond. I believe he was like trying to like like shove his boat with his big motor over this little sandbar. I mean, even if we don't know about it, where a little sneaky hole is, I'm sure John Cox will find one. Uh, that seems to be what he does. I mean, he seems to go places where nobody's ever put a boat before. Um, but I, I, he was one of the guys that I saw way up the river. So I, I, I'm sure he's going to be somewhere way up a river. Yeah. And, some and this warm stuff. water is playing right into way the way Cox wants to attack it. Yeah. And he, he, even if it's not sight vision, which everybody knows he's really good at, it, it's just it's playing right into his wheelhouse of what he likes to do. Yeah, bladed jig, throwing a stick worm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like. And, and I, I want to say the time of year isn't much different than when he won that. FLW tournament. I mean, I think we may be a little earlier. Yeah, I don't remember what the weather pattern was, but it's it was March. All the FLW tournaments were in March. They might have yeah. been maybe a week or two later, but mm-hmm. he's probably he's got, a little ahead of schedule this year. So he's got he's got a lot a lot of experience on Harbaugh. Yeah, and he I think his last classic he was sixth maybe, mm-hmm. like yeah, or fifth or sixth something like that. Yeah, it wasn't fifth because uh, Jay Powell was fifth in the that's two right. classes. That's right. That's <laughs> Uh, but you know, you can't, I mean, I could see Taco Ito having a good tournament here. Yeah. I could um, definitely see that. 
Uh, I can see. Yep. Uh, we talked about swim baits and Zeldane. I feel like Zeldane's going to have a big day, but then he's going to stumble. Like he won't yeah. put three days together. I, I, uh, I don't. I don't think the weather's going to play into his factor, or I don't think it's going to help. I could be wrong, but I know he, those big swim baits. He likes those nasty, cloudy, windy yeah. days, and I think it's going to be the complete opposite on our wall. I think. I think we could see Gussie have a solid tournament. He's going to be right in the. Like, I think if you wanted a safe play, where you're going to get. 13, 14 pounds a day of spotted bass and maybe a couple largemouths, Gussie might be your guy. Um, For sure. Shane Hugh, I think he's no stranger to Hartwell. I'm surprised he's he's yeah. pretty low in this bucket. That If you're looking for somebody sneaky, I think, or at least lower percentage, I think LeHue is a, is a good pick. Yeah, no, he uh, he's definitely got some experience. I mean, I've seen him down here a few times, fishing tournaments and BFLs and things like that. So I kind of, like I said, kind of kind of surprising he's at 3.7%. I figured he'd have been a, I mean, Catawba, North Carolina's only hour and a half away at most. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he's been here plenty of times and has a lot of knowledge. I, I would say he's the easy dark horse. I don't even know if you can call him a dark horse in this category. but That's just based on percentage alone, not really yeah. based on. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think he's a I think he's a good safe pick for sure. Uh, jet boats are not legal. <laughs> you got to have an outboard. Uh, that, I'm, I'm sure he'll have like uh, a mag draft where he'll put like a green sticker on the eye and call it the Guggen something. <laughs> uh, That's funny. John yeah, John Cox is actually one of the guys I had picked to win. Nice, cool. Yeah, yeah. I I think when you get up into A and Bs, I, I don't think any of them will be surprised if any of these guys do well. No, um, no not at all. Gerald Swindle's another one. He's one of those where he yeah. always puts fish in the boat. I mean, he had a pretty good finish last time here in 2018. And he loves dock fishing, so if the dock yeah. bike goes, get that get that little LDJ going. And yeah. uh, I, I, th- I think he's a great example of one of those. If he could find like a just a nice little ditch or roadbed or something where he can catch quick, and then go catch two, four or five pounders, I, I think he's the, like one of the, the guys to go do that. Right. Um, and the Johnstons both had good tournaments in FLW uh, when mm-hmm. they were here. Yeah. So Cobb's dominating bucket A. I mean, he Man. did win in 2019 in the site derby. He he also fishes at other times a year. Um, I don't know if this – I mean, Cobb can catch him anytime. I don't know if this is, like, ideal for him, um, but he, he still probably will be in the mix. No, um, for sure. He's, he's got a – I'm sure he's got a lot of hours logged on, on Hartwell. I feel like Walters would be a stronger pick if it was colder, mm-hmm. but he's still going to probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, Christy was my initial gut pick here, but I kind of wanted to go a little stray. Um, you know, I think Polnick, I'm not a huge cherry fan, <laughs> so I don't like to pick them, but I wouldn't, if, if you guys like cherry, I wouldn't be afraid to pick them. Um, and then Jay Powell, I just think like this is a, he's got two top fives here, uh, this time of year, the stickworm bite it should be right in his wheelhouse. Um, yeah, and, and he's actually got a lot of knowledge here too. I, I didn't realize I read that one Bassmaster article about him. I think it's today. I didn't realize his family's like from the area, and then, then they moved to Virginia. So I think I, I believe it's his mom, aunt, something like that. Actually, lives on the lake. So I mean, he, he's been here plenty of times. Like you said, he's got two top fives, and I, I, I believe I don't want to speak on his behalf, but I believe it went for that fog delay or that cold delay in 2015, the one that Casey won. Mm-hmm. I, I believe he probably would have won that classic if it wasn't for that delay. I mean, he, he was catching all his fish first thing in the morning. So uh, he, he, I think he's a. I'm surprised he's at six point one percent as well. I mean, that's that's a, that's a pretty good pick if you ask me. Yeah. But yeah, Stetson, I think he. I mean, 
wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, Walter he, shaved he, stupid mustache. I didn't know that. Is that was breaking news? <laughs> I guess um, it's not. I guess it's not good luck anymore, huh? <laughs> I guess maybe that that's probably a reason not to pick him if you shaved his mustache. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, Hackney. I feel like he's like uh, a lower percentage owned than Christie, right? Yeah. Like, um, Felix. I see him having a solid tournament, you know, electronics. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the way to win it, but I feel like he'll, he'll, he's a safe pick to make the third day and, and put some nice limits together. Oh, um, for sure. If he can go out and catch him quick and then pull himself away and go shallow. There's, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. This, this should be a very wide open. Class. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think let's say there's 50, is it 56 guys, 54 guys. I can't remember something like that. Low to mid fifties. Over under number of limits the first day, 50. Hmm. Do you think 50 guys will get a limit or less than 50? I, th- I, th- I think 50 guys will get a limit. I mean, yeah, I, I think, think 50 are over. I, I, I think, think, like, literally almost everybody will have a limit. Yeah. No, I, I think there may be one guy, one or two guys that have three or four, but I mean, the lake's been fishing really, really well. I mean, even not, not only with like weight, but with numbers of fish. I mean, yeah. it, it's been, it's been doing well. I don't think it's going to be like, um, Classics past, or like what I mean, like what uh, did uh, you know Conroe, right? Not mm-hmm. Conroe, uh, Ray Roberts. Like half the top six didn't have fifteen fish. No, oh, I yeah. don't think there's any chance anybody makes it to the Super Six without fifteen fish. No, no, no you're uh, definitely, definitely going to have fifteen fish for sure, unless you catch two nine pounders. Maybe <laughs> I'm not aware that there are any smallies in Hartwell, are there? There are not, not not that I know of. I mean, Fox. you can go, yeah. And they got those weird little, like, isn't there some, like, kind of, like, spot cousins that hang out in certain parts that are really dinky spots? Like, yeah, there's, like, like a, I don't know what they're called. Like, but... some kind of crossbreed spot that's, like, a, almost like a red eye or a Guadalupe yeah, spot yeah. type I don't, thing. I don't really know what they call, but like you said, they don't get very big. I mean, they get, like, maybe two pounds at most. I mean, you can go up to Joe Cassie and Kiwi, and we have what they call, what we call mean mouse. I don't mm-hmm. know if everybody else calls it mean mouse, just like a small mouse spot mix, because there are small mouth and Lake Jocassie, so there may be a uh, there may be a few mean mouths in Harrow, but no smallmouth. Yeah. Um, so zero. Uh, I think. I mean, over under, cherry three peating. I mean, it's it's a long shot for anybody to three peat, but of the three classics he won, this one probably lines up just as good as. I mean, this one lines up better than Ray Roberts for his strengths. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, I, I, uh, I think it's possible. Yeah, it wouldn't like, like, like you said. That, that's a that, that's tough to kind of do that three times in a row. It doesn't matter who you are, or where you're at. I mean, one of the classic three times is that's that's something. Uh, what what do you kind of see? I mean, what are, what are those little like local tournaments, one day tournaments winning? Uh, is that mid mid midsummer winning weight? Yeah. Um. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, there it's close to what it is now. I mean, especially last year, uh, last year, like in June, June, July, August kind of thing. I mean, it was taking eighteen to nineteen pounds to win, in, like in the middle of summer. Nice. Um, I mean, but it, how would it fall off like pretty quick after that, or not, or would like second place yeah. be seventeen, eighteen, or would it be like fourteen, thirteen? Yeah, I, I think you'd have like your one or two guys in that. 19 to 17 pound range and it seems like it usually drops to like 13 and down really quick um for sure we did just talk about patrick walters 
he's definitely a contender. But we just thought he'd be even more of a contender if it was a little colder. Yeah. Because I don't think he's going to be able to scope him. But he can fish for him. There's no doubt. So, I mean, nobody would be shocked if Walters was in the final Super 6. And he's got got a – I mean, he's only like three hours away maybe, so he's definitely – He's more of a – what do they call uh, the – the coast is the uh, the low country, right? Yeah, it's more like low Santee Cooper. Uh, yeah. Shops and bath yakin. Um, all right, drain the lake. View roster. Doing even better here. Uh, let's see here. So, all right. So I got cherry on my drain the lake. So drain the lake. Once you use an angler, you can't use them the rest of the year. So I've already used. 16 anglers that you can like i think you can see there's all the the anglers that i've burned right uh okay. those guys i uh, got the you. first two florida tournaments and uh so i'm going cherry christy queen lahue lebrun is a guy that i picked uh i got jay powell so this is one of my open guys so i use him i won't be able to use him any other tournament anyways palmer cobb and prosnick i was thinking about possibly adding Joey Nania to this roster somewhere and pulling one of these guys off and saving them for later. But I'm not sure. So that, that could still happen. If I can figure out a better way to save one of these guys for a different tournament that I think they could be doing, like maybe I'll pull Christy off and use him somewhere else. And maybe that's, use Nania. I don't know. That's, that's, that's the, if I was going to pull one, that'd be the one I'd pull would be Christy yeah. for sure. So, but if I do that, that's tough. Guys, that, that drain the lake is tough, man. Having to predict out, like the whole entire season like that. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough thing. So I I built a a spreadsheet for, uh, for members of the channel to be able to plan out your whole season using drop downs of like, Oh, there you go. All the guys you can use. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. There's drain the lake enough fancy fishing talk for now. Let's get back to the, who, uh, all right. Quick question for you: Who uh, who are your top three guys to win? You got to pick three guys. Who are you going with? Probably Christy, J. Powell. Um, Cox. Yeah, <laughs> my my. I would say mine's literally the same. It said swap out. I had Christy, Cobb, and Cox. The three C's. Is Hartwell a cooling lake? It's not so. Norman is, but not. Yeah, they're the lake above Hartwell Kiwi. It's got a nuclear power plant on it, um, yeah. but it, it 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 warms so. But Kiwi Hartwell... is where Austin Felix won a college national championship. <clears throat> Correct. Correct. Is there a chance that with this weird like with the wild weather warming, the fish getting a funk versus just chewing the blades off spinnerbaits and chatterbaits? Uh, I I don't think so, personally. I mean, I, I, I think I think they'll bite. I, mean, I, I think the weights ought to be really, really good. In my my opinion. These fish here, they don't they don't tend to like when I was in Florida for the open. It was seventy degree water temp the week before, and I get down there and it's fifty three degree. So those fish definitely got locked jaw. But on Hartwell, it doesn't really. Nah, I, I I don't think they will. I think it'll be good weights for sure. Um, good question, Kyle. So. Traditionally, non-elite guys don't do great in the Bassmaster Classic. Like the Opens guys, the Nation guys, the team guys, typically only a few of them make the top 25 and not very often do one of them make a Super 6. 
Also, I think th- the winner gets triple points in Drain the Lake. So, like, that's almost like getting a whole nother tournament if you get the winner right. So, that's part of the reason. So, that's why I was. But to your point, Kyle, I am kind of wanting to thinking that I feel like Nania is a really good pick here and that I might try to pull an elite guy off my roster and save them for later. But I don't want to just use, like, all non-elite guys because i think that's a recipe to get really low points potentially could be wrong but that's that's why uh let's see here will says we got a lot on hartwell and it's going to be awesome weekend should i bother taking my bass boat um if you want to spectate go out there yeah there's gonna be a lot of people out spectating i mean Personally, I wouldn't fish. <laughs> I'd like to stay out of their way. And, um, you know, or if you like know there's going to be people not, I mean, if you want to go and there's no other boats around and fish down by the dam for spots and you feel like nobody else is going to be down there or something like that. But yeah, I, would, I probably wouldn't be fishing much. But if you want to go out and drive around and see what they're all up to and watch them from a safe, respectable distance, there'll be a lot of people doing that. Yeah, I, I mean, I would encourage that, to be honest. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to learn. I mean, these guys don't mind. Like, like you said, as long as you said respectable, safe distance, I mean, I think they, they may enjoy it. Mean, I mean, who doesn't like catching a four or five pounder and everybody starts hollering? So. But it is a public lake. If you want to fish, it is your right. But I personally wouldn't. <laughs> uh, so do you know where Hartley's Magic Dock is? I, I do not know, actually. Okay. I, I have a feeling it maybe was in 6 and 20 or 3 and 20. But just kind of based off the pictures, but I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, is there a pattern that will hold all three days, or do you think they're going to have to kind of adapt? I think based on the weather, it'll all kind of be the same. I think it'll be more or less will your area last your three days, not necessarily the pattern. I think the pattern or like how you're catching them will pretty much be the same because, I mean, the weather's going to be super, super consistent. I mean, it's going to be mid to upper 50s for the lows and then mid to lower 70s for the high. Um, right. I, I, I I don't see that changing very much, but you, you may just burn out all your fish every single day in the creek you're in or the area you're in. Uh, so I, I see the pattern holding up, but I don't see a, a, a location. Or, or those fish in that creek may move out, right? Like you show up Friday morning – it's 57 degrees or 54 degrees in your creek, right? Mm-hmm. And they're hammering a spinnerbait and a chatterbait, right? And mm-hmm. you do really well. You go in there the next day, it's now 58. Then fish may have slid on you or they might have changed their mood from feeding to start to like cruising for scouting for beds, right? So you may need to move like one or two creeks down the lake and then repeat what you did the day before. For sure. Or something like for that. sure. Yeah. Uh What's your favorite way to target pre-spawn baits, I guess? What are your favorite pre-spawn baits for, uh, I guess you talked about it, like you talked about the football jig, but what about like, what's, what's, so you, and it, it, I mean, I mean, what's your go-to? Like, let's say you're going to be going Jason Christie in a creek. I mean, are you a spinnerbait, a chatterbait? Like what's your go-to? Um, the, if I had to go with two rods, it'd be that DT6 I was telling you about. Okay. Um, that 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 exact color too. I mean, I think you can see that. Everybody knows the dark brown crawl color. A lot of people like demon too. Um, this one just seems a little versatile. Demon's really really bright. You can throw this color here and any any color really. So I'd have that on for sure. Throw that around your rock, um, channel swings, uh, your shallow drains. Uh, a lot more like harder uh, cover like your bridges and things like things like that. 
So that'd be option A, and then option B would be the chatterbait. Um, me personally, I, I love winding. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not, I do not like dragging a worm. I don't have a very hard time sitting still and dragging a worm or flipping a jig or or something like that. But if you do like doing that, then skipping a cinco underneath the dock or going to the back of the pockets and and throwing the jig around, I mean, you can catch a lot of fish. But me personally, uh, crankbait, chatterbait, they're super versatile. Uh, that that'd be my two. For sure. Right, so if the sun gets high, no wind, and you just get that feeling that okay, I gotta put the the, the moving baits down. Yeah. What's, what's your go? Are you gonna you gonna Cinco. pick up a superworm and jig? What do you what are you gonna Cinco for sure? Waggy rig Cinco and just start skipping under as many docks as possible. No wind and a lot of sun and no clouds. That's uh yeah, I would definitely be picking up a, a Cinco and skipping a dock hell, even even a jig. I mean anything to get underneath the dock will work. Uh, let's see here. No swag for me. I still need to develop a logo so I can work on that swag. That merch game, as the kids say. <laughs> um, a good fish. Five pounder is definitely a good fish at yeah. Hartwell. I, I would agree with that. It's 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 rare that you see a fish over eight pounds on Hartwell. Now, what do you think? Big fish of the classic is going to be high six, low seven. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, th- I mean, I think you could see a six and a half to a seven and a half pounder. I, I doubt you see a eight pounder. And when I say six to seven, maybe two over the course of three days from all the anglers. I, I don't. I think, but you could see a lot of four to five pounders, for sure. So yes, an eight's possible, but it's likely they'll they'll scare eight, but won't actually get an eight. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the whole time. Having fish turns on Harwell, I think I've seen three eight or nine pounders weighed in in 10, 15 years. So they're out there. It's just not a not not I easy. I think thing. in that fall team tournament, wasn't there like a nine, high nine pounder, like just some kind of like crazy. just freak show? Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, Ike on the kayak. Where is the? You know where the kayak classic is? It's on Russell. It is on Lake Russell. That's correct. So it just companies like you fish Russell. What, is, is it the same lake but smaller? How does it differ or the same than Hartwell? I actually don't like Russell. I don't know why. I just me and Russell do not get along. Um, it is that's like two up or one up or what? One down. So it one goes, down. Okay. So we have late jokes it's, it's between Clark's Hill and Hartwell is Russell. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. And it, it's a like nowadays it's like a hundred percent spot lake. I think it's kind of mm-hmm. slowly changing. But like back in the day, um, my manager at the tackle shop. I mean, that's where he's caught his biggest bag ever, and his almost thirty pounds, all largemouth on Russell. But I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody just introduced the spots or what. But it's it's a really good spot. Like I mean, you can catch just 17, 18 pounds of spots down there and catch a lot of them too. But um, there's not a lot of rams on the lake. There's not any you, you, people don't live on the lake. It's all natural. Um, there's standing timber. It, it's so very no docks. No docks. There's oh, like there, there may be like, yeah, there may be like drain it. Yeah. Oh, I'd be cool with it. <laughs> but <laughs> but there's there there's maybe like. 30, 40 docks on the lake. Not many. Maybe more than that, but you, you know what I mean. Uh, how many 20-pound bags are we going to see? Um, we're going all first day alone or all three days? Uh, it's all three, I would say five or less. Yeah, I was going to say six. Okay, so right around there. We're in the same. Yeah. I, I, think, I think you could see – Potentially three or so on just on day one. 
Uh, I mean, there's, there's like, because like you look in bucket A, there's a lot of those guys that they're like a swing for the fence kind of fisherman. So, I mean, I, I think you could see five to six. Apparently, the, the, the kayak thing has already started. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, 97 and a half inches, I guess, is leading it. So, that's, that's pretty good. That's almost a 20 inch average. That's, that's stout, especially if you're saying it's mostly spots. <clears throat> yep. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, the guy caught an almost 25-incher. <laughs> Dang. Jeez. That was a spot. Does anybody know how many kayaks they had fish this thing? Um, Kingpin, since you're a resident here, uh, expert, how many? So if Ike's in 46, how many kayaks are in it? Uh, yeah, Michael, I don't think there could be a couple fish pulled off i mean there's going to be probably some fish pulled off beds whether people see them or not it's still going to be very far and few and i think the chance anybody seeing them is low i mean i think we're talking like across the whole field less than 10 sight fish for the whole field across three days probably just guessing. yeah i I don't i don't think you need to worry about much when it comes to sight fishing this week 91 so ike's right in the middle it's a lot of kayaks The, the plastic the plastic navy's out in force on Russell this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else here. Gear of choice. So you got like a favorite set of rods? You kind of mix it up? Like what are your yeah, I'm uh I'm pretty die hard on, on Dobbins rods. I don't know. Really, yeah, I don't I don't I don't really I don't really go too far from the from the Dylan's family, I started using those. Um, I don't even know how I got started on those. I, I honestly think it was back on YouTube when Lake Fork guy was yeah. using Dylan's rods way back in the day. I think that was like when they were still had like the Gen One Dylan's rods. Uh, so I saw that video and I was like, "Hey, let's let's give them a try." And I bought some and haven't looked back since. Man, I, I think they're a great rod. Um, the, the the every time I call up there, they're they're awesome and. I probably got forty of them now. So it's rods. Uh, that's, that's a good little good little starter kit you got going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so r- rods, I uh, definitely stick with Dobbins. Reels, I'm a little different on. I still haven't really like. I'm, I'm not really dead set on any reels. Um, I have recently. I've grown to like the Tatula SVs. Yeah, uh, those are sure. the the 199 ones. Those are sweet. Those things are awesome. Uh, and for topwater fishing, anybody here is low water topwater fishing. If you've never thrown that Shimano DC, that thing is incredible at throwing a top water like 70, 80 yards. I mean, it is nuts. Um, so, uh, what, what's your chatterbait rod? Uh, Are you a I'm glass a, guy or a non-glass guy? I, I've been a I've been a 705 CB glass in the past. Um, I'm kind of playing around with the 733, so 7.3 medium heavy. And in my opinion, Dobbins are they're kind of underpowered from what they're labeled at. So in my opinion, their medium heavy is like a stiff medium. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really like the set the three power rod for chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, and like on Hartwell when we fish docks, we don't we don't really we don't really have anything to get hung up on. So it's the tip action, the whip for skipping is a lot more important. Right. So if anybody's looking for a really good skipping rod, a seven hundred three C. Dobbins is phenomenal. I mean, it's got plenty of backbone um, where you can move them around, but the tip is just it's just perfect for skipping. Yeah. Um, and I'll say the last thing on equipment, uh, 
Dobbins, and then the other one I'm 110 confident I'll, I'll never change is Sunline. Uh, I, 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 I love Sunline. I mean, I'm one of those where I used to change out my line five, six, seven times a year, but man, I'll I'll leave a spool on for seven, eight months at a time and just keep on flipping four and five pounders and having no worries. So on equipment, that's pretty much it. Dobbins rods, Sunline line, and just just a quality reel. There's a I just did a video on my chatterbait right it's the 734 sierra there so we go rocked any sierras but sierras are just a tad more moderate than cadence or champs so if i was throwing a non-sierra i would definitely throw a three power but for the sierra i bump up to the four power for chatterbaits yeah. and spinnerbaits and things like that so the, the sierras um, are that, that's a really good rod for and, what, the so in, and since uh especially up where a lot of my audience is and we all love the dt6 what's your dt6 rod um right now uh so I used to throw the 705 CB glass okay. for uh, that, but then I was throwing it so much. I mean, it just, the glass is, everybody knows it's a little bit heavier than graphite. So I switched up to a 705 CB, no glass, just a, just a composite rod in, in the, the Fury series, the 9999. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'll just fish with those rods a lot, boat flip them. So if they break, it's not the end of the world, um, but 705 CB tends to work really, really well. Um, also, I'm sure a lot of guys up that way like to fish a jerkbait. Um, the 704 CB is a killer jerkbait rod. Yeah. It's awesome. It's great. So I, I use the 704 CB for both my jerkbaits and my DT6s. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do. I got some of those old, like the Berkeley Gulp, not Berkeley Gulp, just the regular Gulp crankbaits. Uh, that, that 704 CB is great. It works out really well for those. What uh, what did you order, Chris? What's your non glass chatterbait rod? Did you get a seven thirty three or a seven hundred three or what'd you get? <clears throat> cool. Uh, Gramps in the house. What's up, Gramps? Uh, yeah, the Boom Boom seven hundred five. That's a great deal. They're, they're clearing yeah. those rods out. Um, I'm pretty sure they're very similar to the Champion Blank. I do. What, DX? It's DX? DX is the champion extreme, right? Yeah. I'm just trying to remember. Not D. I just want to make sure I wasn't saying it was the ecstasy, which is DRX. But uh-huh. yeah. The D, DX745 is one of my favorite jig rods. I like the 705 for skipping jigs. But when I'm not skipping, the DX, it's an amazing jig rod, John Bird. Um, JJ says the Fury is right between the 704 and 7. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right on the money. Victory ripping chatter. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. The good news is they have a super sweet warranty program. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if it's just the tip, they'll even send you a whole bag of tips yeah. for free. Yeah, it's it more depend if it snapped the tip or if it just yeah, popped off. That's true. Yeah. True. Um, so since the top water is a big deal on Hartwell, what's your top water setup? And do you like yeah, mono or braid? I've, I've spent. That's the like. Trevor mentioned earlier, that's like my bread and butter. That's like what I'm what I what I love to do on Hartwell. I spent a lot of time figuring out the best topwater rod. Um, so first off, to preface it on Hartwell, when we're fishing topwater, at least me when I'm offshore, you're not really working a bait slow. It's it's really, 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 really yeah. fast. You're just so, walking baits just hammering on them, right? Exactly. And so I mean a lot of guys they they like to throw a medium heavy or a medium heavy crank and I'm I'm the opposite. I like throwing a super, super, super flimsy rod. It's almost like a medium light. It's so flimsy. But since I'm doing that, it's it the exact rod is a seven oh four C B. I mean I throw anything from a popper on that. 
all the way up to like the I'm a little stick, those big pencil poppers. Uh-huh. Um, it, it just holds it really, really well. But what people got to remember, since that rod is so flimsy, if you go to use mono, A, you're going to work your arm to death because that arm, I mean, the rod and the and the monitor are going to move so much. You're moving your arm this much and you're not moving hardly any line. Um, so 704 CB, um, 40 pound braid, um, no leader. Uh, I don't really have any. You're, I mean, you're moving it so fast that you're not really getting hung up in your line. Uh, like I said, it's super flimsy. It takes me a little longer than most getting the fish to the boat. But I would say the landing percentage of that combo, it's got to be in the 90s. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. I, I'm not ready to lose fish anymore on that combo. So 704 CB is what you want. Nice. Yeah, I, I basically the same setup. I use just, but I use a 703 or 733 Fury instead of that. Yeah. Uh, and then I usually run braid. <clears throat> and I up here, I tend to run like a short 17-pound mono. Yeah. Uh, the, the the new rod I'm going to, or it's not a new rod, but new to me. Uh, I, I've, ju- I've just seen they have a 764 CB, so it's it just like six inches long or something. I'm in my yeah. in my head, I'm thinking I'd be able to cast a little bit further, and, that, and that's super important up here on Hartwell. Yeah, especially um, for those bigger, and I'll probably handle those bigger walking baits a little bit better. Too. Yeah, for sure. So that, I'm, I'm going to give that a shot this year, but I, I, it, it'll be great. Yeah, uh, they just got the Mavericks in. I think they literally just got them in within the last um, week. So I don't know if anybody's had their hands on them yet, but uh, that'll be something looking to do. Actually, I want to get Gary back on the stream here in the near future to talk about them and see if we can uh, get our hands on one and, and check them out. Um, I'm sure if it's got Dobbins written on it, it'll be a, it'd be a good rod. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Jig Special, the 744 is the sweet rod. I'm sure I've talked about it here before, but I – I definitely call, I'd like to me that is almost as good as the DX seven forty five at a hundred dollars less. So yeah, the four power is a really good power for jigs in general. The seven forty four is like at least a half a power heavier than the seven thirty four. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, what do we consider the most important information? I would definitely things like depth cover and area of lakes would be to me more important than lures or colors or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like stick to this Creek arm, you know, focus on grass or focus on rock transitions or things like that would be more helpful to get me, get somebody pointed in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about the new baits? The DT8, OG Tinies. Are any of these going to... Uh, I mean, I think these are all... I mean, the word on the street is the OG Tiny 4 is like a straight bass snatcher. So I don't think there's a lot of risk in that. Um, I think the new Chatterbaits will definitely have their place. I haven't tried the Big Blade, but I did order some of the Mini Maxes, which I think they look pretty sweet. Like uh, oh, yeah. They're just like downsized versions. I think certain times of the year, you know, when you, when you have small bait, you know, when they're keying on those certain shad classes, I think these things could be really deadly or in a really pressured situation or things like that. Um, so I've I, I played around a little bit with the DTA and the tiny four and caught, caught a, caught a fair amount of fish on both of them already. Um, what you said about the tiny four is really, really well. Uh, I mean, that, that thing tends to catch fish. I might have some in here. I think I just ordered some here. Let's do a little mini opening. 
I like them, man. They're they're good. They're they're they can be a little tricky to cast, but once you get your reel set up right, where you can cast it, and I have some already. Right, like I forget what I bought though, but I got some eights. Oh boy, eights and fours, but they're not great for ice fishing, so I haven't thrown them. <laughs> yet. But uh, so the thing about Omnia is they have this like membership deal, <clears throat> and uh, no minimum on free shipping. So like. You can set up in-stock alerts. So when like a color of a OG comes in or a DTA or anything else, I just order one or two of them because oh, nice. I don't have to spend 50 bucks to get the free shipping. So That's right. it kind of creates bad habits sometimes. <laughs> oh, I just remember I ordered this bad boy right here. I thought this was a really interesting the... color. On uh, It's called uh, Kusa Special. And... Uh, Show the people on IG. Look, should, should we use the bait cam? We, have, we haven't broke out the bait cam one time today. But uh, it's it's a it's a weird looking color. But if Octopus has to catch his fish, fish, I'm sure it does. Yeah, doesn't show up super great on the bait cam. Like wireless connection is not super good on that. But I don't know. I don't know. That color just catches my eye. It almost reminds me of the old. Um. I think what is it the uh, the long A or the flat A's? They have a color called the sun perch, and I feel okay. like this isn't way off from that sun perch uh, flat A's. Actually, the picture is much better there than it was on the bait cam. So I grabbed a couple of those, and uh, there's the other one. And I just grabbed uh, some of the mini adrenaline craws. Jig trailers and black and blue. They just had some black and blue in, so I grabbed a pack of those. I feel like these are just like a little bit like a menace scrub turned up a notch, which for jigs. There, Andrew Olson wrote me a note on my receipt there. <laughs> they always run nice little notes, customer service uh, from Omni, which is kind of cool. Thanks. Hey, Talking about that big blade, so I don't know if you've thrown that in here or not. But I, I, haven't, I haven't bought one yet. I just don't know that in Minnesota the big blade's going to play a ton. We don't yes. have a lot. Maybe That's... on the Mississippi River or something, but in yeah. the spring. But I just don't know that we have a ton of like good fit for the big blades. So I haven't yeah. bought any yet. But have you for thrown sure. it? Yeah, I, I went and got it one because in my head, my thought process was goes back to Jason Christie and that big single blade spinnerbait. In my head, it's like a secondary choice to that big spinnerbait. I mean, everybody throws a big single-blade spinnerbait. Well, I mean, you got a big single-blade chatterbait, so I don't know. I think in dirty water and you need to want a slow presentation, I think that can be the uh, you know, that could be the ticket. I mean, supposedly Thrift developed it, and he's from the Carolinas, so it should play down by you somewhere. Yeah, he knows a thing or two. I actually think the 610 Caden, that jerkbait rod would be great for throwing the OG tennis. Yes, I agree. It does, Chris. The uh, the membership does create horrible habits. <laughs> Will a glide bait play this week? I think we'll see some. I mean, I don't think it's going to dominate, but I think a couple people will make some noise at least for a day or something on glide baits or swim baits. I mean, get you one or two on it this week. Yeah. Uh, Matt. From Minnesota, he's going to head south at the end of March. Uh, what lake? I'd probably say Bull Shoals is probably your. If I'm just 
the places I hear about places just like spitting out fish and people catching a ton of fish and having a good time. I mean, I think Ozarks and Table Rock get more fame because of tournaments. But if you just want to have a good week of catching fish, I think Bull Shoals is where I'd go. Maybe somebody else in the chat has other ideas, but that would be my pick. Oh, still over 120 people hanging out. Uh, that's cool. What else did we not cover? We talked about fancy fishing. Talked about the lake lures. We talked, but you basically agreed that largemouth are probably going to dominate. Um, what the heck is that? I wrote a note and I can't even see what it says. Oh, <laughs> yeah. By horrible, I mean. I guess it depends. Like uh, amazing, awesome because you end up with a lot of baits. Uh, horrible, bad habits for your your bank account. I guess is the way to look at it. So, what do you got for tournaments coming up, Derek? Where, what's your next derby? What What do you? Uh... Uh, let's see. Um, so this is my last free weekend for a while. To be honest with you, um, I, I talked about Palmetto Boat Center um, earlier. They have a, a really good tournament trail. Um, I think it's a little over hundred boats but they guarantee 10,000 every single tournament. Um, then you get your Phoenix first flight on top of that. So, I mean, you're looking at $17,000, $18,000 for a, a local trail. Um, so we got that next Saturday. Um, and there's another dealership in Atlanta. Uh, they, they do a little tournament trail, so we got that the next day. And then BFL after that. And then I think we have the second open on uh, Cherokee Lake. Uh, first week of April, last week of March, around in that time frame. So that that, 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 that second good. southern or second southern, yeah. So how'd you do in the first one? <laughs> we made progress. <laughs> we made progress. <laughs> we made progress. So the, when I did it in 2019, um, that's the first time I, I've ever went to Florida. And I talked earlier how I like to wind, I like to move fast. My trail Mercedes on 10. Well, that's a rude awakening in Florida because that is the opposite of what you do in Florida. Right. At least in at least in the springtime. In the springtime you just want to put the power poles down and just start fishing and then you just want to fish. Um, so I finished like in a 178 the first go around, but the second go around, we didn't do much better, but we made progress. We went from 178 to 148. So that, that, that whole thing, before I went down there, I was like, this whole Florida curse. I, I don't know about all that, but no, it, it's, it's, it's true, man. I, I, I think it's just different because there's nowhere else in the country that's similar to it at least not on the East coast that I can think of. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out that, uh, that Florida fishing, but we're making progress. I saw, I saw Ronnie Moore peeked in on Instagram, but I think he's already gone, but the real party is over on YouTube. If you're still there, we've already talked about you, Ronnie. So, um, so yeah, so, so the good news is pressure's off for making the elites. Um, yeah, yeah, it's so gone. Now you can just focus on winning one and try to make the classic, right? That's right. That's right. We're gonna. That, that's that's the one thing I got to work on is not trying to swing for the fence every single time. Yeah, uh, man, there's a little bit of lag on my. What's going on? Um, do you know? You have any? Do you do you know who your camera guy is? You know who you're supposed to be. I mean, do they, they when do they tell you like who you're going to be following or where you're going or what that's going to look like? We have a little meeting on tomorrow night. I've told Neil Paul to put the bug in. Whoever's here that makes those decisions that I would like to go with Cobb or Christy the first day, uh, those are just two of the guys that I got 
pegged to win. So I, I hope I get one of those. But, I mean, I'll be happy with whoever. I mean, all these guys are great fishermen. Yeah, I heard Ronnie Moore give a rundown of who's going to be on live on Bass U last night. And I know Cherry and Fighter, because that's your defending AOI and Classic champ. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who the other guys were, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Christy and Cobb and yeah. Walters and some of those guys. Um, yeah, Karaznik. But, yeah, we'll find out tomorrow night. Nice. Very cool. So JJ said he was out on some quarry ponds or lakes down in Iowa. So maybe it'll melt quicker than I think it up here. I don't know. We'll see. But sadly, I'm boatless. So I guess the ice can hang on for a little longer up here. I guess we can have a late spring for all I care because the bass cat is gone. And so I am officially boatless right now. And uh, as of Saturday, the boat was handed off. I met somebody at the Cabela's and Rogers and, uh, the, the, the bass cat classic is is in the, somebody else's hands hopefully to make all kinds of wonderful bass catching memories and hopefully they boat flip a bunch of big ones this summer um so we got a little bit of a wait before we're going to have a, a boat in place but uh so that's the status on that uh i am thinking about doing a watch party on saturday maybe even friday afternoon for the classic so if you guys, I put a poll up. It sounds like most of you'd be down. So if in the chat, if you guys think you'd have time Friday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, we're kind of hang out and we'll kind of peek in on Bass Live and kind of talk about the classic and kind of do like a, I don't know, a reaction type. We'll be hanging out. Derek will be busy. He'll be he'll be driving around on the lake in a camera boat. But for the rest of us, you know, stuck at home where it's winter, we might be hanging out. So watch for that in the notifications uh, and the channels. Um that's a possibility. Gabe's in here. He said he just settled in from a day of fishing. Uh, cool. Um, the other thing is, so coming up uh, next week, Super K Jigs is coming back on the channel. They've got some new stuff to share. Um, so that will be next week, next Wednesday night. And then Two weeks from now, not on Wednesday night because I got hockey, uh, but on a Thursday night we're having John Sookup from the Bass Tank NFPL Open Angler, so that'll be a good one. So if you've got any sonar questions, front-facing sonar, Lawrence, Garmin, Hummingbird, anything electronics, bring your questions March 17th to the show. Um, yes, this weekend. That's weird. Um, uh only time will tell, Kyle. We're not quite willing to, to let out that amount of information. So um, there are some things in the works. I will tell you that there are some things in the works with Intune Marine, but that's all I'm going to share right now. Uh, well, cool. Let's see. And then uh, I think next week, next Wednesday night, I think we're going to do one of our member after parties with Super K. So we'll probably go 90 minutes and then we'll roll into an after hour kind of members only stream. Uh, so that'll be cool. Um, I should mention that Omnia is going to be at the Classic. And I think if you show up at the Classic, anybody in the chat going to the Classic, let us know. But uh, if you're wearing an Omnia t-shirt or a hat, like I think they're basically giving out $25 gift cards if you walk by with some Omnia swag on. And I think they also have something on Instagram. You can post a picture and like hashtag Omnia at the Classic or something like that, and you can win. So there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of cool things. I think if anybody's within... Three hours of 
Anderson, South Carolina, I would make a drive to the expo. For sure. Anything else they should do while they're in the area? So, like, let's say somebody's coming down there. They're going to do the weigh-ins. They're going to do the expo. What What else do you need to do uh, in, in when you're in the Hartwell area? Yeah, well, the first thing I'm going to say, uh, definitely come to the takeoffs on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday if you're around. And if you can, uh, if you've never been to one, those are, those are super cool. Um, there's a ton of people there, and the weather should be great. It shouldn't be nine degrees like it was that one time it was here. Um, so definitely check out the uh, blast off and then right down the road uh, from blast off. There's a tackle shop I used to work at called Lake Hartwell fishing and Marine. Uh, I'm a little biased because I worked there for almost eight years, but out of all the places I've traveled to from New York to Florida, it is by far on top three tackle shop. I've been to. I mean, when it's stocked up fully all the way, I mean, we have just about every single brand you can think of crankbaits, lures, uh, I mean, it's just an awesome shop, man. There's a lot of big brands. There's a lot of local brands. Um, I would definitely stop and check out that place. Uh, if you're in Greenville, I mean, just downtown in general is pretty cool. Uh, if you just want something to do before maybe the expo, just head downtown. Uh, there's a cool little park down there. Um, there's just a lot of shops in downtown, some really good food. Um, one of my favorite taco places is down there. I think it's Cantina 76 or Willie Taco, both of those places. Phenomenal. So that uh, Taco like, Bell, that's not the best. Uh, I mean, we got some of those. I, I do like my fair share of Taco Bell. That's like a top two fast food for me. Taco Bell and Zaxby's are, are, the, are my two go-tos when it comes to fast food. But they did away with my favorite burrito. They had that beefy burrito. It's like $1.29. That nice. thing was awesome, and they did away with it. So there you go. Live in Missouri. He's down there right now. He's listening. Hopefully you're taking notes. Yeah, um, Def, definitely, if uh, you're down here, it, it's worth coming down here to check out Lake Carl Fish and Marine. Uh, like I said, I, I used to work there. The people there are awesome. It's a good little tackle shop. There's, like I said, a lot of local stuff. Um, there's another little tackle shop as well called Calix Outdoors. It's kind of in between Anderson and um, Greenville. I would definitely give that a shot. Uh, and if you want your typical big, big tackle shop, there's a Cabela's in Greenville as well. But I, I, I think by the time you stay – uh, in Greenville, there, there's a lot to do downtown uh, between the blast off and all the tackle shops, so should be good. A lot yeah. of good food down there too. Yeah, live in Missouri uh, or anybody else going to the Classic, make sure you uh, swing into the Omnia booth and tell them Hellabass sent you. I'm sure they'll they'll hook you up. Tell them you want to use your uh, the Hellabass discount at the Classic. Um, cool. Let's see here. Doo, doo, doo. Also, uh, in the near future, uh, the Northwest Sports Show, Northwest Sports Show, yeah, Minneapolis coming up. I think I'll be there at the Arsenal booth, off and on. So, um, if you guys are in the Minneapolis area, going to that, look for me. I should be around uh, for that. Any good biscuits and gravy joints down there? Yeah, there's actually a place. Um, it's wild. They're set up right in front of the tackle shop this week. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming they'll be serving to everybody, but it's called Barnwood Grill. Uh, it's a little local place in Anderson. They have those weird hours, like six in the morning to one in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. So that's how, you know, it's really good. But they have something called a trash bowl. It's, it's, it's like biscuit and gravy on steroids, but nice. you got biscuit and gravy. It's got grits in there. It's got hash browns, sausage, cheese. I mean, it, it, it's literally what it's what the name is, but it, it is delicious. So if you want some, sounds good like the, K, the KFC Famous Bowl. Yeah, 
like way better with biscuits and gravy type thing. Exactly. And so, but it, it's it's great if you want some good breakfast and you're in Anderson, definitely check out uh, Barnwood Grill. Makes me hungry. Looks like <laughs> I'm assuming boat ramp. You're talking about Green Pond Landing. Is that boat ramp is nice? Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a very nice facility. It's all that's all Neil Paul. That's that's one thing we talked about Neil earlier. Uh, I just like to give him a shout out, man. I, I don't know if people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they know what Neil does, but Neil has kind of made this whole like bass fishing thing in Anderson, like kind of rotate. I mean, he's kind of the driving force behind all of it. I mean, if anybody knows Neil, then, you know, like he eats, sleeps and breathes fishing. Like, I mean, it's just what he does. He loves setting up these tournaments. He loves organizing it, trying to make everything the easiest it can be for the anglers. Uh, I mean, he, he really, really does a jam up job. So, if you're around and, and you do happen to see Neil Paul or anything like that, just stop by and tell him thank you. I mean, he, he does a great job with this. He's, he's done a lot of work getting, getting this classic set up and getting Green Pond the way it is for the anglers. So big shout out to Neil Paul. Yeah, absolutely. And he hooked us up with Derek, who's been a great guest tonight. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Um, I guess I will shout out uh, Basketball Marketplace. The They made it super easy to uh, – to sell my boat like i literally had it up for like a day and i had multiple inquiries and uh and uh literally had it handed off in about a week so if you guys are interested looking for boats need to sell a boat move a boat check out bass boat marketplace they've been awesome to work with um to get my boat sold so well I don't know. If it, last call for questions for Derek. I might hang on for a little bit longer, but Derek's probably got to get like he's probably like his dad's probably staring at him and be like, "It's time for you to start <laughs> wiring some of this boat." So, um, yeah, yeah, we're up here setting the alarms off for the storage units. So yeah, we're about to head on back to the house, get the boat cleaned up, and uh, we'll we'll be good to go. So we got some buddies just got back from night fishing, and uh, but yeah, man, I, I've really enjoyed. It. I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it's been fun talking fishing. Uh, and, and definitely want to keep up and help maybe even come back on the show, man. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, I, I really, really appreciate it. And I think you can search for Derek Freeman uh, on Instagram, probably see some of his fishing stuff on there. I don't know. Is there any place you post or anybody you, people want you yeah. to look you up anywhere? Or? Yeah. I mean, the, the main thing I do is I, I'm, I'm not the greatest on social media. I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, but yeah, just check me out on Instagram. It's Derek Freeman, uh, 186 on Instagram. That's pretty much where I paste post everything even facebook it kind of like transpires so whatever i post on instagram goes to facebook so Derek freeman on facebook uh Derek freeman 186 on instagram uh fishing the bass open so if you're ever watching the bass open weigh in the southerns uh keep an eye out there i'll be fishing the those final two events and uh it ought to be fun man i'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year and a, and a great week this week cool awesome well I'll let you get going appreciate you being a guest uh, good luck in your derbies. Uh, have fun on the water, and uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. yeah, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm going to hang on here and answer a few more questions, but uh, you have a good one. I right, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thank you, Derek. That was awesome. Thank you, Neil Paul, again for setting that up. Derek did a great job representing Lake Hartwell in the area and gave us a lot of great information and insight for the classics. So that was good. That was exactly what I was looking for, uh, exactly the kind of guest I wanted to have this week. I didn't want to like try to like 
interrupt any of the anglers fishing. <laughs> Obviously they're going to be plenty busy with everything they do this week. So uh, having somebody on, you know, that knows ins and outs of Hartwell and uh, that was really cool. So, you know, sometimes we have Seth fighter on, sometimes we have bait makers on, and sometimes we have, you know, cool local anglers like Derek that can join in and bring a lot of value. So that was really sweet. So we'll hang on for a few more minutes. If anybody's got any questions, we'll run through those. I see there's still about a hundred people hanging out on here. So if there's something you guys want, we'll hang out for maybe five or 10 minutes. And uh, next week, super K jigs. So everything swim jigs, hand tying jigs, pouring jigs, custom colors, uh, swim jigs, that kind of stuff next week. Uh, you know, talk Minnesota, Wisconsin fishing, things like that next week. And then the week after that, like I said, uh, hookup suck up is going to be on, on Thursday night. I'll try to get those streams set up so you can, uh, get those added and hit the reminder button and not miss those, but that'll be all about electronics, forward facing 360 side scan, all of that kind of stuff. Talking about, you know, tournament opens and things like that. I did not today was crazy at work, which I'm actually kind of great glad. Um, it was crazy today. Cause hopefully that means my Friday is going to be less crazy and I'll be able to enjoy the classic. I did check in on my fantasy team. We can pull that up quick while we're talking about that. Um, uh, uh, so like as usual, Jacob Wheeler had a really strong day. Uh, Ashley, most of my team did okay, but Myers and Lucas completely let me down today. Um, so we'll hopefully see my day two is better. But um, yeah, not the greatest, not terrible. That's uh, that's about all I looked at was my live fantasy team. I didn't really get a chance to watch any of the coverage because it was just a really busy day at the office today. Um, I don't know. what If the guys that watched, what was it like largemouth spots? Um, fishing shows. I like watching you fishing shows. I mean, I, I don't have a lot. I mean, it'll be a little while. I've got a ton of, you know, videos of tournaments from this past year. Um, you know, hopefully another month or so we'll have more content of me out fishing, but there's a lot of big archive on YouTube of actual fishing. Um, I do have a few things that I've kind of recorded, but never edited. So those might sneak out this spring. Um, yeah, visor merch would be good. Sprague, did he have a good day? I'm not sure. Was he bad? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, only time will tell, Sean. I'll, we'll we'll kind of leak that information out a little bit at a time on what's going up. So uh, I'll have some new videos about the boat process coming up here. Uh, yeah, I think he's been working a ton. I think I saw a post in a chat we're in. He said he's had 13 straight days of overtime or something like that. So that's what's kept him off the the uh, the YouTubes and the socials. He did go live on Instagram for a minute earlier with some Sixth Sense stuff. Um, Brush, Wheeler and Burge. Nice. Yeah, I'll see. Maybe tomorrow I can peek in on that. I don't think I have a crazy day tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Got to build up the suspense gonna be like christmas morning like it's gonna be a while before i have a boat so do you really want to know right away um <clears throat> but uh things are in the works nothing exactly finalized so it might be a minute well the missus has already paid off that's that i mean i've had that's been probably bribing her off but that's been 20 years in the making i guess you could say <laughs> 
Ooh, Sprague got skunked. Well, I mean, Meyer only had five pounds, so is that much better? Yeah. Um, hopefully in March sometime, end of March, we'll get out fishing and have our first on-the-water videos. But we'll have to see what the weather plays. But I might have some in the can that I can get out before that. We'll see. I wouldn't rule it out. It could happen, Gabe. You know, the Expresses, the Vexes, there's some good boats out there that are tin rigs for sure. Sean says he's going Camus soon. Nice. I've been impressed what I've looked at of the Camus so far, for sure. <clears throat> All right. Last call for questions. Let me just check the stars. I think I got everybody's questions on here. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Uh, I think what I'm working on should be pretty exciting. And uh, I think I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think it'll be a good boat. Um, Thomas says he's looking at a Skeeter. The bugs are nice. Well, good. Hopefully if it's, it's melting in Chicago, it'll melt in Minnesota. <clears throat> which, which chemist does your buddy have JJ? Is it a 19, a 20, a 21? You might find out soon, Chris. <laughs> um, I can tell you I'm not getting a 21-footer, but that's about it. 21. Yeah, I'm not a 21 guy. I'm more of a 19 or 20 guy, just the way I fish and how I like to fish. Um, so... I can tell you this next boat will definitely be the most expensive bass boat purchase I've ever made in my life. How's that? <laughs> it will be a significantly newer boat than uh, the Bass Cat. It will be bigger than the Bass Cat. It'll have a bigger motor on it. So, Gee fan, you're going to have to be part of the the replay gang. We, we broke it down. We got into some juice. Um ZX-225 is a good boat. Uh, I don't know if anything a forever boat. I mean, nothing's forever. <laughs> it, it's the, This boat will be more expensive than any car I've bought as well. Uh, even if it's not 100% new, it'll still probably be... I think the most I've ever spent on a vehicle? Mid-20s? I've never the last new vehicle we bought was a uh, a Pontiac Vibe, and that was like when we first got married, or shortly after, like 15 years ago, maybe even longer. We probably didn't even pay. It was like right at maybe like 18 or 20 or something like that. Um. So yeah, this is going to be significantly more expensive than any vehicle I bought. Uh, live scope on the new rig potentially. Uh, it's probably not going to have it, but I bought it, but I am working on putting electronics together for it. Uh, but 
definitely will plan to add it at some point, whether it's live scope or hummingbird or something or whatever, I will definitely be looking to have it set up. So it's ready to bolt on at some point. Yeah. 23. You like, you're like a Cadillac. You'd love a Vexus then Darius. Those things are, you should get like that DV DX 22 Vexus. You'd love it. No, it's true. Yeah, I'm overwinter. I think we're all overwinter. Not buying Bartusix Triton. Nope. Uh, not not no. None of Sobe's sloppy seconds. I can confirm that. You know, boat prices are crazy, but it's the boat packages that are crazy, and it's boat prices have definitely went up. But it's the motors and accessories, the talons, the electronics, the power poles. You know, you know. 10, 15, 20 years ago, like a fully decked boat had a 24 volt trolling motor, um, you know, a basic cable, non-smart, non-GPS, non-spot lock trolling motor. It didn't have any anchors, didn't have any power poles on it. You probably had two five or seven inch graphs and a flasher on it. And you were running a carbureted motor. Like back then motors cost 10 grand. Now they cost 25 grand. Back then we had like two grand electronics now a, a full package of you know accessories is you know 10 to 20 grand in electronics and that's what's really gotten uh boats crazy is all the stuff on them i mean boats have one up but it's it's the, what we equip them with that makes them really crazy i would love to get out and express and drive one i haven't driven one yet i'm listening thomas let me know <laughs> slide into me dms we'll talk Cool. All right. Well, I feel like we've hit kind of a wrapping up point. We've kind of trickled off. We're down at around 80 some people. Um, we covered Hartwell. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. As I said before, I think maybe Friday afternoon, but for sure Saturday afternoon, do a little bit of a watch party. Um, just kind of react, hang out. We'll give it a test, see what it's like uh, about the classic. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. There'll be the podcast version. If you came in late or you can watch the replay on Facebook or YouTube, uh, lots of more content coming out. And uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>